With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. TNT Radio. This is Connecting the Dots with Matt Arrett on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome back to Connecting the Dots. Uh, I'm Matthew Arrett, as always, and joining me for our second hour is Dr. Edward Lozanski. Dr. Lozanski has been somebody who I have been friends with now for some years, about three or so years, and he's an incredibly interesting personality, let's just say that. And and Ed has been somebody who has been at the front line of making history for decades, Um, first as a Soviet dissident who made headlines uh, in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, worked with high-level officials in back-channel discussions as part of the, uh, well, throughout the entirety of the the 1980s into the 90s, and has been working to build bridges between Russia and the United States through his organization, American University in Moscow, as well as his many uh, different endeavors over the years that have brought together policymakers from the West, Democratic and Republican alike, with their counterparts in Russia uh, to discuss points of cooperation that could avoid the calamitous possibility of World War III. Now, the world today is is definitely teetering on the brink of disaster. Um, Ed has met, created a recent news magazine online called New Continent US. Uh, it's going to be available in the description box under this, this video. Ed has agreed to talk a little bit about American politics as somebody who has lived and worked in America, as well as what's going on in the international scene in Russia and abroad. Uh, so, Ed, thank you for coming on today. Thank you. My pleasure. Now, Ed, I, I wanted to begin. Uh, you, you, you brought up the. Um, you recently wrote an article. Who lost the peace dividend after the Cold War? Now we're going to be talking a little bit about everything today. But in this article, you bring up how um, the U.S. had everything going for it in the late '80s, early '90s. Um, it really could have been the best. It had an, an industrial power. Um, it was projecting a moral quality to the world that offered a hope that everybody could have freedom. What in your mind uh, caused it to abrogate this great responsibility and potential that it had to bring peace and cooperation to the world? Uh, what do you think is the, the key element that that caused it to just go in the other direction? Was it always doomed from the start? Or do you think that there was a specific type of, of problem that resulted in, it, in its failure? Um, <clears throat> let me start by saying that um... As early as 1988, uh, still Soviet Union was ready for the full integration with the West. And first of all, of course, the United States. I learned it from my own experience. I was at the time working as a professor of math, mathematics and physics in, in Washington. And suddenly I get a call uh, from uh, my friend uh, who um, uh, also physicists like myself, but he was also vice president of uh, Soviet Academy of Science. Eighty-eight, it's still Soviet Union, and then he became science advisor to Gorbachev, and um, he called me and he said, "List at come back," <laughs> and um, well, I left on on, on very good terms. And in Soviet press, I was called CIA agent and all those things. It's just a long story. But um, nevertheless, uh, uh, I decided to go. Uh, and uh, first, um, uh, the name of this person is Yuri Osipian. 
again, he, uh, interesting, he, he was not only a member of the Soviet Academy of Science, but also a member of the American Academy of Engineering. There are two academies. Uh, in the United States, there's Academy of Nation, uh, National Academy of Science and National Academy of Engineering. So he was like a host dual kind of a academician. Uh, and Osipian um, uh, as a um, uh, science advisor, uh, he had access to Gorbachev, but first he introduced me to um, Gorbachev's um, right-hand man, uh, Alexander Yakovlev, who actually was, Aaron, is Alexander, uh, he was like architect of uh, Glasnost and Perestroika, those two ter terms from the Gorbachev or, uh, era. And Glasnost means opening, opening to the, to the West, first of all. Uh, and of course, to uh, Soviet people who were under rigid uh, totalitarian you know, system and uh, no freedom of the press and no other freedoms, but Gorbachev opened the door. And first, Osipian, then Alexander Yakovlev, and then Gorbachev himself, whom I met. And um, all three of them said, we are opening. We want to be ready. Uh, we understand that we made all mistakes, the Soviet system is not working so well. Of course, they didn't, couldn't say Soviet Union is still around, and Gorbachev was still General Secretary of Communist Party, so he couldn't really denounce, uh, but he said, we made mistakes. But uh, Washington is not listening. Uh, we keep sending messages that we are ready to be part of the West. Uh, we didn't, we don't hear any uh, positive uh, responses to that. Uh, so we thought that we were going to use like what they call track two diplomacy. Uh, track two, when the, when the governments don't talk to each other, then then uh, what do you call uh, other other forces uh, uh, came in. Or you can call it public diplomacy uh, or track two, whatever. Um, and um, so. Uh, no, I said, okay, I, I think it's, it's a good idea what you're saying. So I went back to Washington and I assembled a very impressive group of Americans. And I collected them uh, from the point of view that they are really strong anti-Soviet, anti-communist types. Because if I will simply bring some uh, uh, <laughs> lefties, then of course they'll be ignored. So yeah. our team was about like 30 uh, folks, maybe more, but really rigid anti-communists. Uh, uh, and they went, they were received by all three and uh, people, uh, Yuri Sipian, Alexander Yakovlev, Gorbachev, and they uh, agreed that this is what's, what's going on here is something really important. Uh, most important was message when <clears throat> we had like a small group uh, and uh, some of the Americans were saying, what about uh, Eastern Europe? What about Warsaw Pact? It's still 88, so it's still Soviet domination of Eastern Europe, and uh, there's still Warsaw Pact. And <clears throat> Yakovlev said, we are ready to dissolve all this. If Eastern Europe wants to go free, then we will do it. It's now we're talking about late 88. We had several meetings, actually, not just one. Uh, most important meeting was in <clears throat> April 89. And then a uh, uh, guy who, who joined us, uh, what, who had a direct access to President Bush, George Bush at the time. We're talking about April 89. It's already George Bush. 
uh, and um, he delivered this message. Um, and then uh, Bush moved. Originally, he said, well, it's, let's talk about it. And he assigned his vice president, Dan Quayle, uh, to, to form a team. And we began like exchanges, several trips, Americans to uh, Moscow, Russians to um, Washington. They were received on the highest level in Congress, in the White House, and Dan Quayle was coordinating the whole thing. So uh, the result of all those meetings, we uh, came up with a proposal, uh, proposal which was hand delivered to George Bush by Paul White. His name, the guy who <coughs> I uh, talking about is Paul Weirich. Paul Weirich was uh, like an arch conservative. No one could uh, you know, blame him on booing like uh, Putin's, but at, at, at the time it was still not Putin, but still Soviet kind of a stooge or whatever, anything like that, a Russian stooge. Um, and, um, and one of the key uh, element was because there was a talk about missile defense uh, and um, you know something that U U.S. was getting ready to uh, get rid of this um, the treaty, the ABM treaty. Uh, so number one on the agenda was joint missile defense because we thought that if we have joint missile defense, then we really become sort of allies. Because at the time they talked about Iranian missiles who were going to hit the United States. So Soviet or Russia then was ready to build joint system to protect the West from Iranian missiles. <laughs> and we published article uh, in Washington, Washington Times. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, probably the main uh, voice of Republican Party, right wing. Uh, and Paul and I, we, we published this article. It's still available on the web. It's called Joint Missile Defense. Um, so we thought that we're going to in the right direction. But then um, everything kind of stopped and reversed. Uh, and uh, if during um, George Bush um, senior years, we, we still we continued those negotiations, all the things stopped after Clinton arrival in the uh, White House. So 92, um, answering, sorry for this long introduction. No, no, it's fine. Open. Context is good. So uh, reverse, um, and um, uh, it start, started in uh, uh, as soon as Bill Clinton walked into the White House. So, so this spiral, <clears throat> download, uh, all the way to the, this crisis, uh, it began with Clinton and then continued with other presidents. There was a short interruption with Trump, but Trump, <coughs> all his ideas of uh, building uh, normal relations, uh, saying that <clears throat> he said famous speech, good U.S.-Russian relations are good for America. Uh, so uh, this Washington at the time crowd was not ready for that. And uh, as we know, Trump was uh, thrown out of the White House eventually. Uh, now he's trying to come back. <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But, um, uh, well, conclusion of my long answer uh, to, to your yeah. question is that it's Clinton and on. Yeah. Yeah, that, that absolutely. The, the Strobe Talbots, the Rhodes Scholars, the Al Gores, the, right, right. the Soros, the whole, the whole apparatus. And somehow yeah. it just kept on 
kept on keeping on after, even after the 90s. So uh, you mentioned in your article, too, and you just alluded to it here, that of all you, I, I'm just going to quote you from your article where you wrote, of all the contenders for the White House, only Trump promises to stop this war, this thus avoiding its unpredictable escalation into nuclear World War III. Um, many Americans are very informed about local politics, but when it comes to the world situation and the different things that Trump was trying to do internationally, there's a lot more ignorance. Could you elaborate a little bit more about what sorts of things we saw Trump doing as a disruptive force to the NATO military industrial war drive? What sorts of things were you looking at and you're hoping can be brought back again as far as avoiding World War III? Well, uh, going back to the 90s. Oh, um, and I'm sorry, just so you know, there's only four minutes. So we're going to we're going to potentially break it and then and then jump back in, depending if you okay. if you need more time. OK. But no, I'm, I'm saying you can you can you can you can start up, and I'm going to probably cut you off for a commercial break in two minutes. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, going back to the nineties, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> crucial, I would say, at least from uh, my activities, was meeting a trilateral meeting. Trilateral meeting. Uh, it was um, in Congress, uh, and it was delegation, high level delegation from Moscow and Ukraine, uh, just for. As viewers, uh, I have to say that, that I was born in Ukraine, so I have a good Ukrainian connections, a lot of friends, my classmates, uh, some of them had great careers and all that. So, uh, and that's why I always try to, in my, uh, although, you know, uh, I consider myself Russian, but Ukraine is still on my mind. So I thought that if we uh, bring uh, Ukraine into this dialogue, uh, this will be very important. And the most important thing, which I was sending messages to Ukraine, don't uh, forget about joining NATO, because this is something that will be uh, like a, you know, what you call a red line, uh, a double red or triple red line, or quadruple, <laughs> don't do that, because you will benefit tremendously if you keep neutral stairs. You can join EU, if you want to join EU, fine, no problem, you can trade with China, anyone you want, but NATO, no. Uh, and look, uh, all those people who have neutral status, they, they thrive. They, they're doing very well. Finland, uh, Austria, Sweden. No, uh, this is neutrality allows you to get the best from both West and East. And uh, especially taking into account they have a huge Russian ethnic population uh, group. And uh, most of the country is bilingual. Uh, some of them never use Ukrainian at all. So, uh, but still, neutrality would be road to peace, prosperity. And um, this delegation came. It was headed, interesting, by a guy who was professor of physics like myself, but he also at the time became member of defense committee um, in foreign relations. He, he was head of the two committees simultaneously, defense and foreign relations at the Ukrainian parliament called Rada. His name is Vladimir Muhin. Uh, and he, by the way, uh, I am still in touch with him and uh, we can talk about it a little more. But um, he brought a huge delegation. Uh, we had a meeting uh, on Capitol Hill. And this meeting was chaired by Congressman Tom Lantis. Tom Lantis, uh, he's a Democrat. He was a uh, ranking member at the time uh, on the uh, Foreign Relations Committee and uh, House Foreign Relations Committee. And um, then, with the help of Paul Weyrich, the same Paul Weyrich, he's very powerful. Unfortunately, he's 
no longer with us, he passed away, but uh, was extremely powerful. Anytime he wanted to see president or anyone, uh, so it was like, a, you can call it great cardinal or something like that. He was founder, by the way, of Heritage Foundation. So this is the guy I'm talking about, Paul Weirich, right? Um, so Paul Weirich brought a bunch of um, you know, famous, I mean, you know, very uh, influential, I would say, personality, including CIA head, uh, Wilson. At the time, CIA head was Wilson. So Wilson was part of this meeting. We had the uh, Pentagon gave us like an excursion and all that. Everyone was just uh, tremendous. Uh, we got tremendous welcome. Um, and and what, what, year end, was, what year was this This major meeting? It was 96. Were... 96, okay. All right, well, this is going to be a cliffhanger. After a very short commercial break, we're going to come back in to continue this okay. uh, this this little story. All right, tntradio.live, come back in uh, two seconds. We'll be we'll continuing this conversation. TNT's Bruce DeTorres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics. And whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help the population. populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. I'm just going to do a little voice I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. All right, welcome back for the second segment of the second hour with Dr. Edward Lazansky. We were just talking a little bit about pathways towards a future that is livable that we, that is sane or becoming saner versus the danger of a nuclear thermonuclear actually calamity 
that we're currently facing, which bad decisions have gotten us into, and which hopefully better patriotic um, forces within the West are able to reverse while there is still time. Now, Ed, being somebody who's been on the inside track of a lot of major developments, went, has been going through in the pre before we went into a commercial break, some um, a story or some examples of these points towards sanity, whereby afterwards we slipped and fell into crazy land. Um, and we were just talking about a 1996 meeting um, that you were taking part in that involved very high level representatives from the West uh, that were doing something. So feel free to continue on, please. <clears throat> I just want to correct myself a little bit. This 96 was follow up. First meeting was 93. Yes. 93, just to make sure that. Um, uh, but then we had several other meetings. And um, another meeting was um, 96. But it's interesting that at that time, it was meeting in uh, Ukraine, in Kyiv. It was attended also by Secretary of Defense. At the time, it was William Perry. Russian Minister of Defense, Pavel Grachov, and Ukrainian Minister of Defense, I think Valery Shmarov. Three of them met in Ukraine, in Kyiv, and planted friendship tree. You see, <laughs> friendship tree. By the way, this picture, you can, it's available even on Pentagon file. If uh, it's, the, and I have it, of course, uh, I have this great photograph with me. I just recently posted it on my Facebook uh, page. Uh, and some of the, my some of my articles. Uh, uh, so three uh, secretaries of defense, uh, United States, Russia, and Ukraine, ninety six, planted friendship tree. This was just for me. It was ecstatic time. This is what I was dreaming for. That Russia, Ukraine, and America now working for peace. Uh, and at the time. Also, Ukraine agreed to <clears throat> simply dispose of its nuclear weapons uh, in exchange for some security guarantees, which all sides were ready to, to provide. There was only one condition which no one wants to, of course, mention. It was condition of neutrality, neutrality. So <clears throat> uh, peace, guarantee of um, Ukraine security, borders, all that stuff was based, conditioned on neutrality. Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, this is, um, everything was great. Um, and then, of course, um, what happened in 2001, 9-11, uh, and um, <clears throat> uh, Bush uh, called, well, actually Putin called Bush, Putin called Bush uh, and said, anything I can do to help. And Bush put together like a list of maybe 10, 12 items. And he sent his um, Secretary of State and Armitage at that time to Moscow with this list. And they went point by point what exactly United States needs from Russia uh, in this upcoming <clears throat> uh, operation in Afghanistan. Um, some of the um, military, uh, uh, Russian military objected. Because Americans, you say, you know what, we cannot really trust them so much. Why do we have to help them? We don't see anything that they helped us. Look at what Clinton did. Uh, Clinton did many horrible things. Uh, and uh, including, uh, first of all, he immediately after this <clears throat> picture of three general, uh, three secretary of defense, planted three, he immediately demoted uh, Perry, 
because apparently <laughs> Clinton didn't like it. So Perry was demoted. Uh, uh, but of course, we know about greatest robbery. Russia was robbed. Uh, no, it's a story. It's all available. It's known that Russia, this, uh, what you call, like freedom and democracy and free market turned into horrible things. Which, but let, let's concentrate on, on this subject. Otherwise, we can <laughs> go away, mm -hmm. essentially, to, to another area. Um, <laughs> So uh, he, he invites um, uh, Armitage, Putin fulfilled everything what uh, Bush requested. And as a result, this operation, first operation, we're talking about uh, Operation uh, 2001, uh, October in Afghanistan. It was very short, no American casualties uh, because of, and, uh, of course, not, uh, not only because of Putin's help, but Putin dramatically. Uh, contributed to success of the first American uh, operation in the fight with, with Taliban. So Putin invites, uh, Bush invites Putin to uh, Washington. And he gives him royal treatment, what he call red carpet. First of all, it was White House, then Congress, and then he took him to Texas. Texas. And he um, brought to his home. Uh, and then he took him to high school. Um, um, uh, Crawford, uh, yeah, Crawford, Texas, high school. He put Putin in front of the uh, <clears throat> students in this high school, and he showed that Putin said, listen, this is a great Russian leader. Uh, we were with Soviet Union, we were enemies. But with Russia, with Putin, now we are best friends, and we will now move together to bright future, security, prosperity for all of us and for the world. This is what um, uh, Bush said, it's all what I'm saying, easily uh, verifiable on the web. Just every word that I say can be easily checked. Um, then um, Putin comes back to Washington, and there's a huge reception with uh, everything who is who uh, in Washington, uh, State Department, Congress, uh, no, anyone who is who. And some some people who work in public diplomacy, uh, you know, with my own modesty, I was there as well. <laughs> so I could hear it exactly uh, you know, from Putin's mouth. He said, we love America, and we are ready to be with America as close as America is ready to uh, accept us. And then um, after Putin spoke, um, Congressman Kurt Weldon, uh, who by the time prepared a huge like booklet called New Time, New Beginning. When we assembled several dozens of um, specific proposals, some of those proposals we were working still under Gorbachev. Remember, we started talking about, you know, how we can work together. So we're working very, you know, a, a lot of people, uh, this uh, proposals that you brought to uh, George Bush. So we added many other things. And we presented this booklet um, to Putin, uh, and we also translated it in Russian, just to, to make sure that uh, every Russian can, can see. That's the, the, uh, the, new, that's the new the New Times New Beginnings report, right? right? Yeah, you're right. talking okay. about now 2001. 2001 Which is November. a beautiful, beautiful report. I mean, the, the I've read it, and uh, it is just glorious. The the idea yeah. content and policy potentials that that you, you put forth uh, is is wonderful. Yeah. So again, another point. The first high point was '96 for me, mm -hmm. then 2001. But then 
<clears throat> in a few <clears throat> months or a couple of years, things are going down again. Now, uh, with George Bush, who praised Putin, <clears throat> by the way, George Bush also praised me personally because I helped in his um, election campaign. I still have a letter from him saying, Ed, uh, thank you so much. Uh, because I had a, pro, um, a group called Russians for Bush. <laughs> so I was invited to all kinds of ceremonies. Uh, it's uh, many events in the White House. Uh, <clears throat> but then um, Bush started with abrogation of ABM Treaty. And then most horrible things what he did, he started pushing for jo Ukraine joining NATO. So two blows we got, one bi bipartisan blows. First from Clinton, who started NATO expansion, and then from George W. Bush, who specifically said he wants Ukraine and Georgia to be NATO. Mm. And then, of course, uh, followed for famous Putin's speech in Munich on February 10, 2007. Uh, I know this date quite well because it's my birthday, <laughs> February 10. And he said, we cannot trust Americans. We open our arms, our soul. We wanted to be with America and we are betrayed. They fooled us. Well, he didn't use specifically those words. Later, he used words like that, but Munich's speech is also available on the web so people can read it, uh, all his points. So 2007, this all the way down. And then we had, of course, war in Georgia and um, uh, another for me, horrible things, of course, the 2014, uh, which we had a coup uh, in Ukraine. This coup was coordinated directly by the White House. It's, we have a document, there's a video, a phone conversation between Victoria Nuland. He was on the scene in Kyiv uh, coordinating, but she was daily talks to Sullivan, uh, to Bush, Bush was, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Biden. Biden was, Biden was uh, vice president, but he was, you had Ukrainian portfolio. He, uh, for Obama, he carried uh, Ukrainian portfolio. So he coordinated with Sullivan and Blinken, of course, uh, and now Nuland, this coup in 2014. Um, so this was uh, immediately after this coup, they said they're going to push again for, for NATO. Uh, well, it's, uh, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's uh, probably, again, my long, uh, you see my, my job, I'm teaching, I'm professor at university, so when someone asks me a question, I can't stop. So you better stop. No, 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 it, it's it's important because, you know, we're, we're, we lack historical context um, for so many of the things that, that are slapping us in the face in mainstream media as well as alternative media. So it's really, I, I appreciate you just going through a little bit of this backdrop to remind people and, and, and teach people who didn't even know this. Uh, of what is shaping the current uh, calamitous decision-making. Now, for example, we are currently living under um, a 90,000... There's a there's a, a war game um, or a war, an exercise, a military exercise that is international across all NATO countries called Steadfast Defender. It's currently underway. It's being recorded as the largest military exercise since the Cold War, 90,000 troops are taking part in the Baltics, in Eastern Europe, obviously with the scenario of Russia invasion and how do we defend freedom from Russia that obviously wants to take over the world. We we are just, we're hearing these types of images. We have um, 
Admiral uh, Rob Bauer, a NATO admiral, saying that um, that Europeans must stockpile water and food because Russia may attack you. We've got the UK former or the current chief of staff, Patrick Sanders, saying citizens should prepare for war against Russia. Um, and yet there's no evidence whatsoever that Russia has in any has any intention of doing any of the, these things. So how do you how do you make sense of this uh, whole program? And is there resistance amongst saner European countries against this insane um, language and and military action, which is is playing with fire? Do you see any sanity within Europe now? And what's your take on this? And oh, and by the way. I'm sorry. Once again, I'm asking you this potent question, which is hu a huge question <laughs> as we're four minutes away from a commercial break. So I'm going to let you go at it and I'm going to cut you off and we're going to go into a commercial break. Just so you know. It's OK. Um, well, Russia, uh, after victory in Ukraine, move further west and some saying, including the United States uh, all over, taking over the world. Um, it's um, uh, one of the biggest lies, of course, uh, Russia has no interest, uh, no means, <laughs> no means to do it. The only thing was Ukraine. And uh, this uh, Russian invasion in the Ukraine was on April, uh, February 24, uh, <clears throat> 2022. If on February 23, the day before, Biden will call Putin said, OK, we accept neutral status in Ukraine, there will be no invasion. Ukraine will be still in one piece, will accept Crimea because Crimea was lost. Uh, because, no, this is, uh, it's obvious. It was lost after the coup in 2014. Uh, because otherwise, um, uh, uh, NATO you know, will take over Crimea and it, it's a base for Russian uh, Navy and all that. It was, it was, it was impossible. Um, but this is um, another huge lie, uh, lie before. But why, by the way, maybe people forgot, but there, one of the reasons why Biden entered in the White House in the first place um, in 2020, because of great lie of Blinken. Uh, because Blinken, when the, all the story about Hunter Biden laptop <laughs> appeared, uh, then uh, Blinken called CIA um, guy Mike Morell and told him immediately, we need a, a letter from uh, high level intelligence officials saying it's all Putin propaganda. So Hunter laptop, it's Putin war. <laughs> so because of that, uh, no, uh, because otherwise, even people who uh, voted to vote for Biden, or especially people like uh, independent, uh, who, who would vote for someone like that, who is involved in all those things which are appear, appeared on, on Hunter's laptop. But uh, anyway, right. uh, no, no, that, that's a good spot to to make to to make a transition here towards a commercial break because the 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 this was a game changer. This this uh, this letter written by these fifty major intelligence analysts trying to say, oh, in their assessment, the uh, this Hunter Biden laptop was a Putin Russian misinformation campaign right. has all been proven to be a lie. They were they were knowably lying at the time that they wrote that letter. It completely yeah. shifted the the entire timber of the American elections. The outcome fifty one was fifty one intelligence. Fifty one. <laughs> it's it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And the fact that it's openly now acknowledged to have been a lie, and yet still nothing has happened to correct the the folly. 
that's important. And what you've just said that if the day before this invasion was begun, they had the the security guarantees were given by Biden, none of this would have happened. So the right. folly is entirely on us. It's not we can't find fault on some other uh, nation of the world. This is entirely caused by ourselves. Um, as Shakespeare said, it is not in our in our stars, but in ourselves that we are underlings. And I think it's important for people to drink some of that humble, humble Kool-Aid uh, because there's a little bit too much of a tendency amongst our our friends uh, to to try to locate blame elsewhere uh, than in this agency that's taken over our, our own society. We're going to go for a quick commercial break and we'll be right back to continue the story on TNT Radio Live. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon was interviewed on CNBC last week at the uh, World Economic Forum in Davos, and he talked about Donald Trump and Trump supporters. When people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump, and they think they're voting, and they're basically scapegoating them, that you are like him. Uh, and But I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. Now, if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He was kind of right about NATO kind of right about immigration. Mm -hmm. He grew the economy quite well. Tax reform worked. Mm -hmm. He was right about some of China. And Diamond had this advice for Democrats. And I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. I I agree. And, you know, the Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to a little bit? Sounds like excellent advice. Right to the point. And most of all, it's the right thing to do, (laughs) which means the Democrats will never do it. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. I'm Sandra. This is Jorge, and we were adopted in 2019. I remember when they first came to us, Michael was already a teenager. The whole cliche of they're so lucky to have you guys, and it's the other way around. They have changed our family for the better. They chose to love us. They didn't have to. They chose us. Family. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit adoptuskids.org. Perception versus the truth. This is Connecting the Dots with Matt Aaron on today's News Talk TNT Radio. All right, welcome back to the third segment of the second hour with Dr. Edward Lazansky, who has been developing uh, a, a, a historic backdrop to a lot of the calamitous decision-making that we're seeing now unfold with the spread of NATO, the, the surrounding of Russia by um, a missile shield as well, I could say implicitly through my own ex- uh, investigations, also of China um, in the Pacific theater as well. But we were also talking about what could have been done to avoid this. And there were so many points of off ramps going back to the 90s, the 2000s, when Ed was going through the the different offers and cooperation and goodwill that Putin offered the United States in a variety of levels in the, in the war against terror and so many other points um, that were always backstabbed, betrayed by this weird other desire, um, which doesn't even seem to care about Americans or even American um, security interests. You know, we're, we're seeing everything that has been done by this other thing that's derailed peace is willing to 
preside over the murder of Americans, the destruction of American security leading up to the present situation where Biden could have easily have avoided this danger of increased world war uh, scenario by simply saying, OK, we're going to we're going to guarantee these security guarantees. We won't expand NATO into Ukraine. That's all that had to happen the day before Russia invaded. But that being said, that didn't happen. And now we have 90,000 troops as part of Steadfast Defender. We've got messaging from high level military officials warning that uh, the the population should prepare for war with Russia. Even Jens Stoltenberg recently said it's not us that's creeping towards China. It's China that's creeping towards us. It's insane. It's deafening. It's crazy. And it's not in our interest. So, Ed, um, yeah, you were just going through the the derailing of some of this peace momentum with the uh, 51 intelligence officials that tried to defend Hunter Biden and, and Joe the boss man himself with their uh, their claimed letter that it was all Russian propaganda, this this laptop. Now we know it's it's they were lying. But uh, what else can you say about the uh, this this whole scenario? And, and also, is there are there voices of sanity in in Europe currently that are pushing back that could bring us back towards peace? And what about America? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in Russia, <clears throat> there are some voices, <clears throat> but um, um, not only few. It's interesting that all voices are from countries which Soviet Union invaded. <laughs> so one would think <clears throat> that um, they should be most anti-Russian. <laughs> Slovakia uh, and, and Hungary, you know, but those are two <laughs> countries who only present like two you know, rare voices. It's just, it's amazing. <clears throat> But what they're saying is that uh, so Russia is not Soviet Union. And, uh, you know, I also was not a good friend of Soviet Union. I was expelled from Soviet Union for criticizing it. So I, I'm not defender of Soviet Union, of course. And actually, <clears throat> one of the reasons I was expelled, because I, was pre- I protested Soviet invasion into Czechoslovakia. At the time, Slovakia and Czechia were, were together, one state, Czechoslovakia, <clears throat> and Soviet Union invaded. At the time, I was young. Uh, graduate students at the nuclear in the university, nuclear institute in Moscow, uh, and we, we assembled a letter, <clears throat> a long letter, pr- protesting <laughs> this invasion. For that, we suffered, of course. I was eventually thrown out. Uh, so <clears throat> I never defended Soviet Union um, foreign policy and <clears throat> some of the domestic as well. <clears throat> uh, but those two countries are only two same boys, and they're small, uh, of course. Uh, Others simply, you know, just uh, obey the master. Uh, and master, uh, they know who the master is. You know, if, if half of American, Americans uh, think that uh, Biden uh, is, uh, you know, I don't want to use all the language uh, which we hear here on Fox News and other, uh, other media, uh, but at least half country despises him. And still Europe obeys. And Europe always say, well, let's see what Americans do. If Americans do, we'll do the same. If they send weapons, we do the same. Sometimes they even had, sometimes they send more. Now America is now, uh, because of this period, transition period, maybe a little hesitant. But so Europe now takes the lead. Uh, and Ursula von der Leyen and uh, other uh, EU officials uh, no, they probably lost their mind. I don't know what else is going on here. Um, so my only hope is again 
was, uh, uh, some people say Trump, he didn't deliver, but I don't see anyone else. In my, I finished this article, as you mentioned. Uh, yes, Trump, of course, made many mistakes. One of his, I think, um, <clears throat> biggest uh, mistake was that he couldn't assemble a team. He was one, everyone uh, on his team betrayed him, practically everyone. The only guy who would support him, like um, Michael Flynn, uh, potential national security advisor, immediately was fired uh, and fired on the assistance of Vice President Pence uh, uh, for, for some stupid, stupid reason. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's horrible. But then Pence uh, betrayed uh, Trump and all sectors of state, Pentagon, everyone betrayed him. But now, <clears throat> Uh, any hope, we all have to have hope, because if you lose hope, then uh, my hope is that with Trump back, uh, and then he assembles a good team. And, and he, there are plenty of people who share, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> let's say, my views, uh, maybe you too, <laughs> but, uh, who we still think that <clears throat> going along with Russia, uh, and with China, by the way, too, and I remember uh, as soon as Trump got into the house first time in 2016, immediately um, uh, I asked my good friend, who used to be senior official uh, at the State Department and in the Senate, um, <clears throat> uh, Jim Jatters, um, to write a letter urging Trump to have a meeting with um, Putin and Xi Jinping, sit down and see how <clears throat> uh, just, it was, they are called it Yalta II. Yalta II, <clears throat> famous meeting between uh, uh, Roosevelt, Churchill, and Stalin, and Yalta, which brought us peace for 70 plus, plus years. Uh, and then uh, let's have Yalta II. But uh, Trump didn't do it. Because, I don't know why. Uh, well, I, I know why, because it was strong resistance uh, from the establishment, some, some called deep state. Washington Swamp, there's many, Ray McGovern, uh, CIA analysts call it Missy Matt. It's, it's just many different uh, uh, use, use words. But most important that he <clears throat> turned out that uh, he, <clears throat> uh, his team, uh, he couldn't assemble a good team. Mm -hmm. Maybe now, maybe now if he wins, uh, then uh, no. Second attempt. Sometimes you have to give people another chance. Uh, I, and uh, uh, he, he promises to stop this war immediately. This and other future wars, and uh, uh, no other candidate uh, promises that. I know politicians are lying all the time, but <laughs> we don't have anyone else uh, to choose from. At this point, I'm still trying to do what I can uh, to help Trump. Um, and um, no, this is uh, some example. What can we hope for a miracle? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, for those who are a little bit overly black pilled and cynical, I mean, I, I think it's important to look at all of the the things that that Trump definitely provably attempted when he called for uh, when he met with the vice premier of China in the Oval Office with no announcement. You know, no pre-announcement. All of a sudden, giving a beautiful speech saying we need the U.S., Russia, and China to stop putting billions of dollars into nuclear weapons and instead putting this into things that are going to build the real economy for the world, um, signing deals that would involve rebuilding the American manufacturing base, which involved the US-China trade deal, which was about to go into play until something happened in January 2020 that derailed that. Um, his efforts to 
work with Russia on the Arctic, on building rail through a lot through Alberta into Alaska and into Russia. These were all things that Trump was was actively pursuing, as well as cooperation on in the Middle East and Syria with the Russian military. So there's so many points that uh, that I think are provable in the fact that he was just um, had his his hands tied under this witch hunt led by the FBA liars who were trying to make it seem as though he was a, a stooge for Putin. It's um, it's really clear how this deep state was petrified of the type of policy action that would be uh, presented to the world that could present the danger of peace, <laughs> peace and cooperation breaking out. So today we're on the verge of what people are saying is uh, a new civil war in America. Um, obviously, the dynamics are different than the previous time that the British Empire manipulated the U.S. into a civil war uh, 160 years ago. Obviously, back then, there was a patriotic faction that had gained control of the federal office um, back then in, in the 1860s. And today, it's not exactly the case. The traitors have taken the federal office and we have a different configuration. But despite that, the danger, the parallels I see are very real of uh, of a breakdown of the U.S. completely into ungovernability. Do you see, and in the case of the of the 1860s, Russia played a role actually in 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 breaking the deep state strategy of breaking up the Union and undoing America by sending the the Russian Navy to as a message to the British Empire saying, "Stop this! Let America sort its its own affairs out." Um, I'm not suggesting that the that Russia necessarily sent its navy to America today. However. There, there are just incredibly strong parallels. What do you see? What, what sort of message would you like to give to Americans currently uh, going into? There's going to be an election in some months from now. There's a, there's a deep state operation. There's dangers of misstepping and falling into uh, a new civil war, which I think some figures would like to to unleash. That that's probably mm -hmm. a desired outcome for some very very bad bad forces. Um, so, what sort of message would you give to Americans before we we end out our our broadcast today? <clears throat> well, um, you know, just uh, when you mentioned um, American Civil War, um, uh, I uh, helped to install um, a monument, or let's say, let's say, sculptural composition of Lincoln and Tsar, Russian Tsar Alexander II. They never met in person. At the time, it was difficult <laughs> to travel, but symbolically, uh, because. Russia helped uh, Lincoln to preserve the Union. Um, so we have a statue in downtown Moscow, Lincoln and um, Tsar Alexander II shaking hands. Wow. <laughs> and, and next to this statue, a statue of the Elbe River, when three American soldiers and three Russian soldiers, uh, they shook hands. Um, and on the eve of our joint victory, uh, in World War II. So uh, the only thing that <clears throat> uh, my message to Americans, which I'm trying to promote through my <clears throat> articles and, and um, this magazine, uh, New Continent, uh, is that if Russia and America work together, it's good for, for both countries and for the world. And of course, we should get China and uh, 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 this team as well. Uh, because simply uh, China is now too, too important to, to ignore. Um, uh, and I think uh, Trump, I think Trump understands this. Um, uh, well, we, we, are, uh, we don't have power. We know we would be called, we, are, we can only use what we call public diplomacy. 
And I'm doing this public diplomacy since 88. So it's what, 12 plus 23, like 30, 35 years without too much success. But we had some high points. High points was 96 and then another one, 2001. Well, why not have another third high points, uh, high, high points uh, in 2024? This year is very important. It's extremely important. Faithful, I would say faithful, uh, uh, if we use this appropriate word. Um, um, uh, and a lot of all depended because uh, if really uh, natives really get uh, crazy and to continue this policy, um, uh, then something horrible could happen uh, in our age. And, and this, unfortunately, this in Russian military doctrine that if NATO attacks and, and Russia will be on the edge of, of defeat, then Putin will have no choice but to use nuclear weapons. I don't know. I can't advise him. It's his decision. But why, why we have to uh, <clears throat> go in, uh, to this way? Because there's another way. Another way uh, is, is obvious. It's obvious. Uh, I don't want to say just our booklet, but our booklet can is beginning. There are many, many other things. Um, even look, just to end on some positive note, there's a recent <clears throat> conversation more and more about UFO, about all those um, you know, objects uh, looking at what's going on on this earth and looking at this is crazy experiment. Apparently the whole <laughs> life on earth <clears throat> it's an experiment, maybe some, some higher forces <laughs> who created this experiment and they see that it's gone mad. So maybe we could just finish this <laughs> experiment. So at least maybe we, Russians and America should think about it and in China as well. And everyone else should join, see where we can talk to them <laughs> and see, well, we're not so crazy. Maybe let's let's continue this experiment. Well, let's say. Uh, <laughs> Just to, to end on some well, kind of a if, 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if if that were the case, I'm I'm sure that the the those who are carrying out this experiment are probably a little bit disappointed uh, so far in, in the outcome. Now, if you could see, it, we have two minutes left. If you had a a wish list, or not a wish list, but what would you say the top three actions should be taken up by, let's say, the scenario of a patriotic uh, leadership arising in the United States? Let's say, despite its its improbability but but it's but history is made by improbable events right the american revolution was very improbable many of the greatest movements were statistically improbable but they were necessary and courageous people took that necessity and became better people and intervened into a process of tragedy and made it better so let's say today something like this could happen again uh what do you think that trump or some other configuration around trump would be should do um, as mm -hmm. the first three top policy actions, and then we'll we'll round out our show. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, yeah, I would probably uh, say what I said to Gorbachev, and Gorbachev asked me <clears throat> to help uh, bring America and, and, and Soviet Union together. I told him, you know what? No, I think I'm, I'm pretty smart, uh, but I, I cannot just um, uh, <clears throat> give you all the. Oh, excuse me just a second. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> That's an anticlimactic 
<laughs> way to route out our show, but we're down to the, the last few seconds of today's broadcast, unfortunately. We have 30 seconds left, and it doesn't look like we're going to get the answer. So that's a punchline and a call for getting Ed Lazansky back on our show again <laughs> in a future segment in the coming weeks, and I'm sure he'll have a lot to say. So, Ed, we're going to leave that with a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, if people want to go to your website and, and follow you, what, what's, what's your website? My website is uh, <clears throat> newcontinent.org. With a K. All right, thank you. And we're going to come back with, with our K. third hour on Connecting the Dots on TNCRadio.live.